0: Good evening and welcome to This Week in Football from the makers of Low Limit Football. I am your host, Joe Ucello, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Roberto Rojas. Today, we are also joined by Cecilia Lagos, European football journalist, as we get ready to break down the 2020 Euro, I guess we have to call it 2020, uh, that's when it was supposed to take place, but it'll be in 2021. Everyone, thank you for joining me on the show. Cecilia, I'd like to jump right into the uh, t- to analyzing this tournament because... This is going to be the biggest tournament, obviously post COVID uh, that we've seen, and, uh, and and jump right into the first group, Group A. With this tournament does kick off on June 11th, this coming Friday, with Turkey and Wales facing off. I'm sorry, Turkey and uh, Italy facing off at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. Um, in terms of Group A, Turkey, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland. How do you see this this group breaking down, and what uh, what teams are or what teams or what players are the are the ones to watch in this group?
1: Um well I think this group it's 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 really tight if you think they are um how can I say it uh, they are not easy uh teams actually in in Italy and Switzerland and Turkey actually I think Turkey for me it's a sort of a dark horse uh, in the tournament and, and Wales, well, it's not exactly the same that that was in 2016, but they have the confidence knowing that they can really reach higher stages. Um, so I think it's a complicated group. In Switzerland, it's always, always difficult. It's always difficult, although they were eliminated in the round of 16, I think. Uh, I'm just uh, talking my memory. Also in, in Russia, so it's it's always it's always difficult. And uh, between Italy and Turkey for the inaugural match, um, I, I, we should see hopefully a very very good match between two very compact and very um, they are teams. They are really they not have like one star, or well you could say that Turkey has uh, practical mass, but um, still they are they they. Work really well as a team. So it should be a very, very exciting um, opening match uh, yeah uh, next Friday already. yeah, the eleventh. I keep seeing it I keep seeing it very, very far away and <laughs> just around the corner.
2: Now looking into Group B, Cecilia, and I think this is a more interesting group um, to really focus on because we have two hosts in this group. We have Denmark. And Russia, and we also have Finland and Belgium, one of the teams that are among the favorites to win the Euros, obviously Belgium with Roberto Martinez with a really talented side of that golden generation that I think are looking at, you know, one of their final opportunities to get something. Obviously, they have a talented team with the likes of Lukaku, uh, Kevin Bruyne, if he makes it, um, you know. Eden Hazard is there as well, but you know you still have a very talented team. Nevertheless, Denmark I think is also a side that people have to watch out for as kind of a kind of a dark horse, really. So I'm just curious as to what you think of this group and what your assessment is.
1: Well, I think definitely Belgium here is the most powerful team, absolutely, and they are the third of the world currently and uh, first also in the FIFA ranking and uh, the the array. of of talented players they have is is amazing, it's amazing I mean, and and you have to think that even though, for example, Eden Hazard has had a terrible season at Real Madrid, but when these players wear their national team jerseys, uh, they change completely, and you should expect something different, something better but Kevin De Bruyne uh, Kevin De Bruyne, um, well he has this uh, this uh, injury in his face, this structure, and uh, hopefully that won't prevent him to to play normally. But I mean, th- th- their squad is so amazingly powerful. I'm, I'm currently, I'm making a, an Excel sheet with every single player in every squad. And uh, the Belgium um, squad, is it's, it's brutal. I mean, let me, it's, yeah. Uh, Thibaut Courtois, then uh, Simon well, Mignoleno, you know, I don't like him and whatever, but Toby Alderberald uh, or Fermel and Fertong And, and it's, there's also a very good mix of experience and, and use. And that's something that it's, it's kind of common in many squads uh, in this tournament. So that's going to be very, very nice to see some sort of transition, lots of players, uh, who are way above their 30s, 35, 34, and then others that are really, really young. And that happens also here in Denmark, Finland. And, and well, of course, a lot, uh, lots of players that we don't get to see regularly because they play mostly locally and in very unknown leagues, as in the case of Denmark or Finland. Uh, Russia, almost all of their players play in Russia in the, in the Russian Premier League. And it's it's kind of complicated to to get uh, to get them to to play. So um, I guess it's it, we should be open to get surprised and to get amazed. Hopefully, before we
0: jump into Group C, I do have a quick question about the Belgian side because they certainly are one of the favorites of the tournament. Uh, Romelu Lukaku has had a one of his career years at uh, Inter, returning the Scudetto under, under Antonio Conte. Can he continue that success in this tournament? Given the uh, the rigors of this tournament, uh, especially with Belgium having to travel for all of their matches, they they don't have any home matches in this particular tournament.
1: I think that's very complicated for several national. Teams for several teams because um, yeah, indeed, well, the distances here in, in Europe, hopefully, is not the same as South America, for example, where uh, if this happened in South America, you would be traveling sometimes four, uh, three four five hours to get somewhere else here. Uh, mostly you get one hour and a half, two hours at the most, two, hours lo- two hour long uh, um, flight, so it's not that terrible, but of course, even though yeah uh, they are two hour and a half uh, flights it's still tiring it and they come also from a very very exhausting season in a very complicated different set of of uh, conditions too because uh, the, the the pandemic has been very very hard for many players many clubs and it's not been uh it's it, it hasn't been uh really uh how can i say kind to many so yeah i definitely think that Romelu Lukaku uh, can definitely shine, uh, as he did on uh, Russia 2018. But still, um, we need to see if these players, especially the ones who play at top level here in Europe, are able to keep holding on fitness-wise. Mm-hmm. And that's something that it's not, go- not, not, it's not only about Belgium, but I think it's, it's valid for all of the squads.
0: Certainly a challenge coming off the long seasons. Let's uh, let's look at Group C quickly uh, with the Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedonia. The Netherlands are an interesting. Uh squadly coming into this one of the younger squads uh that plays on the pitch i believe the oldest player and i have to go back and double check but i think it's daily blind at 31 years old everybody else is under 30 um but this team has also the oldest player in the tournament in martin stecklenburg at 38 years old they have uh tim kruel as as a backup depending on on if they go with stecklenburg or cruel both goalkeepers over 35 years of age and no virgil van dyke uh for this team so the 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 leadership uh, part of it is really going to be missing for them. What do you think of, of the Dutch being able to get out of this group, especially with a tough Ukrainian side uh, in this group as well?
1: Well, that's very complicated, you know, because ever since uh, Ronald Koeman left for Barcelona, and then it was so difficult to find a new, um, a new manager, a new um, bonds coach, as they call it here. I mean, Frank de Boer was like the third or the fourth option. He wasn't the first option. He wasn't exactly the one that the KMBB wanted. So right now, of course, that shows. That shows and that means that the the game and the way they play now, it's it has lost quality. Absolutely. So no one really here is supporting Frank de Boer. Uh, at the moment of recording this podcast I mean he doesn't know what kind of system he's going to use less than a week away from the start of the tournament or the players he's going to use Um, everything is such an uncertainty so people doesn't people here don't have any faith in him or the team I mean here we see the quality of the players but we don't see the quality of the coach. And I think that's very easy to justify. I mean, the terrible experiences, because after... His uh, title with Ajax, Every, everywhere else from the war simply failed and failed in, in a terrible, terrible way. At Inter, at Crystal Palace, Atlanta United, it's, it's a suffering. It's really, it's, it's torture. So here, he's, he's a bit of a torture too and no one really has any faith in him or the team. So, you have mentioned Ukraine. Indeed, I think they are the strongest team in the group and uh, right now, I mean, in, um, in the most popular newspaper here, they run a, a poll, and uh, people don't people don't think that uh, the team is, are going to make it farther than the round of sixteen. And if they get eliminated at group stage, it's not going to be a surprise for anyone. So it's really, really sad because with kuman we were hoping to be champions or finalists or semi finalists, but we had high hopes, and now. Everything that has vanished because
2: of Prendabur. Now, looking into Group D, Cecilia, I think obviously a country where, you know, depending on its people, we can go from very much uh, high hopes to low hopes. And that's England. You know, England are coming into this group, you know, fresh out of their semi final appearances in the World Cup, you know, obviously with a very talented side. Okay, there's no Trent Alexander Arnold, but they have the likes of Harry Kane, Ryan Sterling, Marcus Rashford, Phil Foden, you know, the list goes on and on. They're also in a group, you know, with Scotland, Czech Republic and a Croatia side that did make it to the final two years ago, in, three years ago in Russia. Um, but also have the likes of Modric, Brozovic, uh, Kovacic, you know, very much talented players that want to do something in this tournament. How do you see this group uh, faring out?
1: Yeah, definitely. Here, that I totally agree with you. The two favorites here are Croatia and England. And um, England first, I guess. But it, there's always, though, this sort of um, over expectation from England all the time. And they indeed delivered uh, in Russia 2018. But uh, you always ex- expect them because their 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 uh, domestic league is so powerful. I mean, the Premier League is so powerful that you expect them also to perform at the same level to be number one. But usually, it's it's a bit disappointing when it comes to England. But I think um, uh, this is their moment to also prove that they are growing in that sense, that they don't need to always be remembering what happened in Italy in 1990 or uh, England 66, that they can do something better. And they have so many talents. Uh, So I definitely think that the two most powerful and the two Uh, Contenders real contenders here in Group D uh, are England and Croatia and Croatia. Of course, they are the runners up of uh, the last World Cup and they also have an an, an amazing array of very powerful and very um, strong players and uh, definitely both of them for me are the main contenders of Group D. Absolutely.
0: Now, Cecilia, one thing before I jump into Group E, uh, Scotland is able to uh, play most of their games at home. In fact, the only match they'll play away is going to be the match against England at Wembley on June 18th. Does that give Scotland a bit of an advantage in possibly uh, coming in ahead of Croatia, or do you think the Croatian side is too strong for this, uh Scotland side at this moment?
1: Well, you know, um, I don't think uh, that you have, like... Um, too, how can I say, um, too many differences. Sometimes it's like, yeah, on paper, you are supposed to see Croatia winning everything, basically, and maybe only having a more um, a closer. Uh, game or a, a, a more complicated game against England, but nowadays you barely see any difference sometimes. And you're supposed to. And actually, the Netherlands just played a uh, friendly against Scotland, and they ha- they finally drew to two, and they have to come from behind uh, twice. And you know, so Scotland is it's indeed uh, um, a threatening side uh, for Croatia, and uh, I don't think it's going to be easy for for um the So definitely Scotland has something to say has something to say also in this in this group absolutely i think they can be also uh, a sort of a dark horse within this group absolutely.
0: Now looking into group E and and i think that these last two groups are really the groups of death uh, that everyone likes to refer to uh with group E being Spain Sweden Poland Slo- Slovakia uh Obviously, four very strong teams here in this group. Uh, I think many people are going to miss the opportunity to see Zlatan Ibrahimovic possibly play one last uh, European tournament. Uh, He's going to be out with injury. The Spanish side, uh, although seemed to play fairly well against Portugal the other day, there are still concerns about uh, how much older they're getting. Uh, The Polish side is also a very, very strong side. We've seen them perform well at, at certain tournaments. How do you see this particular group, breaking down, who do you think is the strongest team uh, in this group?
1: It's pain for me. They are. Yeah. They are the strongest in my opinion. And then Sweden. Absolutely. I think those two are the strongest teams. And then Poland, you could say, but, but I think that the only real uh, top level player they have is uh, Robert Lewandowski, but they cannot really depend on, on, on him for everything. So Lewandowski need needs, uh, Players need uh, teammates at the same level to also perform at the level that he's used to. So that's going to be very difficult for him. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Spain and, and Sweden, especially Spain, they're just superstars, almost all of them. And they are not only superstars, but they are a really, really good team. So definitely the main contender here and, and the main candidate to to make it to the round of sixteen. Uh, in the first place, I would say Spain and then, and then Sweden, because Sweden is also always a very, very tough side, a very tough side. So uh, definitely and absolutely those for me are, are the two strongest uh, sides. But of course, again, you can never rule out some kind of surprise uh, result because, uh, you know, the, if we are only... Uh, To predict uh, based on the FIFA rankings or the things that we've seen during the season from the players, the the squad players, uh, other clubs, we better don't play the games. So the games need to be played and hopefully we will see some shockers and we will see some surprises, but I don't think there will be many. So Spain and Sweden should be here, the the, the main candidates to make it to the round of of 16.
2: Certainly, no. Uh, Sergio Ramos as well will be a huge factor for Spain, don't you think?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, I think maybe it's it's more uh, in terms of uh, leadership. But also, I mean, he, he's been injured throughout the season. Uh, it's been complicated for him to perform when he is completely fit. Of course, he is uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, decisive and absolutely uh, important either for Real Madrid or the Spanish team. But without him, I mean, still, he's 34, 35 years old. They need to start learning not to depend on him. They need to start learning to play without him. So maybe maybe this is a good opportunity to get strong in that that sense. Um, I mean, yeah, definitely Ramos could be uh, they're going to miss him, but at the same time, I think it's it's healthy for the Spanish team to start learning to play without him.
2: 100%. Now, looking into a group where, unless Hungary can definitely do something, I think this is probably the group of death, honestly. It is a group with Hungary and three former European champions, the current one obviously being Portugal France, the reigning world champions, and obviously Germany. So this group is going to be intensely amazing. And I think it's going to be an absolute festival of, you know, wonderful players and and obviously, you know, potential favorites in this entire tournament. I mean, you know, France, I think for me at least, are probably the favorites right now to win the Euros because of the team that they have. You put in, obviously, Kareem Benzema back into this side and it's, it's incredible. But you can't count out teams like Portugal when you have... A talented squad and obviously with the leader like Cristiano Ronaldo and, and Germany, you know, a team that, yes, have kind of fallen off just a bit after the World Cup. But, you know, they have the tradition, they have the history and they can definitely do something in this tournament, not just, um, you know, not just in this group. So I'm just curious to think of what you think will happen between this and... If you have to go with your Sicily, I mean, do you see any of these three sides possibly missing out on the knockout stage? Because especially, you know, two teams do advance, but, you know, there is going to be one that makes it to third place and they could indeed miss out. I mean, do you see any of that possibly happening?
1: You know, I think uh, you need to th- you need to think and imagine that it's quite likely that maybe Portugal or Germany, because I don't see that happening with France, to be honest, they might get eliminated uh, at the groups st- at group stage. So why not? I mean, I think that Portugal is in a transition phase right now. Uh, of course, yeah, Cristiano. Ronaldo is still the leader and everything, but they are not the same uh, they were when they won exactly this tournament in 2016 against France. I think this is a bit of the, the a new opportunity for France. For, for me, they are the main candidates. For me, I think they're going to win this tournament. And they should. It's it's my vision. It's my opinion. It's very difficult not to see not to see it that way. But also Germany has a, a beautiful challenge ahead because it's going to be the very last tournament and the very last competition and the very last time that jeff love is going to manage the, this this side so that's also an incentive for them to perform and to uh try to really win it too and you can never ever rule out germany so maybe maybe portugal maybe portugal is and it's it's a bit what happens also with the with with champions of previous tournaments and then they disappoint at the next tournament at group stage so that usually happens has happened in the last couple of world cups it might very well happen also here in the the euro with portugal it wouldn't surprise me if portugal gets eliminated here and then uh, france and germany make it through but uh, yeah that would be <laughs> that would be super disappointing but definitely here also in hungary Yeah, it's difficult. They had a a beautiful story in the qualifying round, but I don't think they have a lot to do against the Giants. But hopefully, I mean, for the health of the competition, hopefully they can surprise us. Hopefully they can do do something. Maybe they will steal uh, points from one of these big teams and maybe they won't make it to the round of 16, but they are going to be decisive. Uh, for the other teams if they make it or not so definitely they have something to say and um, for me the ones who are going to make it through are France and Germany but in Portugal I would doubt it right now and that's difficult to do I mean I'm not saying that they are not uh, worthy of, of, of uh, making it through the round of, of 16 but definitely I think they are the least powerful of these three I think
0: I think you bring up a great point too, Cecilia about this group, because, you know, some at in some instances you're looking at the third place team making it through uh, among the best of the third place teams. But if a team like Hungary, who is certainly capable of stealing points, comes in and steals points from from a Germany or, or a Portugal uh it could eliminate them from that third place position because they wouldn't have enough points to catch up to the other teams. Um, Do you, do you see that that third place team from this group would get eliminated? Or do you feel that ultimately that, that Portugal or that German side that we're anticipating will finish third will, uh, will still get in as one of the best third place teams?
1: Oh, that's, I think that's very difficult to predict, to be honest. And that's why we love football um i don't really i don't have a clue what can happen to be honest Uh, but yeah if you tell me yeah maybe maybe that third place i mean yeah it could be more for portugal than hungary but um, yeah um still i i would hope because when when hungary when they qualified Um, and they showed such greed and they showed such determination it would be nice also because of the story they have they haven't um, um, re-edited what they were able to do in the 50s or the 60s it would be really nice to see a sort of a rebirth of Hungary in that sense but uh, uh, it's difficult to to see that happen but still you never know Um, yeah, I I do think, as you say, that they might be the de- uh, decisive in terms of a stealing points from the big ones and maybe deciding if they go through or not. But then, if they go through the round of sixteen, I see it very unlikely to be honest.
0: Yeah, certainly would add intrigue to the uh, to the tournament as it wore on. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I if I listened correctly, I I think I heard you predict that France is, would be the. Uh, the one you would predict to win this tournament? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you did. So I want to change my question. Instead of asking you for a winner, because you've given that to us, um, do you see a dark horse, uh, a team that is that is good? Uh, you know, uh, I would say a solid team. Because right now, yeah. many many are pointing to France to win it, but a team that might surprise, might actually win or challenge in that final. Is there one team that stands out to you as a as a quote unquote dark horse?
1: Yes. Um, For me, the one who could pull a sort of a Greece 2004, that could be Turkey. Mm. That could be Turkey, definitely. Um, The Turkish side is so strong and they are really, um, how can I say it is, they are a really even team. They are a team. They have really amazing players, individual talents, and also with an amazing uh, record during this season. Is like, um, let me have... Because their names can be a bit challenging. But like Burak mass I mean, the ones that play at Lille. Um, uh, yeah, Gilmas And mm-hmm. and they are also... They have players that are very uh, experienced, like uh, mass he's 35, but still he can't stop scoring goals. And they can really, really... Um, um, you know, create problems for the opposition. They can really create problems for the, for the rivals. And they are this thing that you don't see coming because you think it's Turkey and they actually have the best team they've had ever since they won uh, or they, they got to, um, you know, this third place in 2002 in the World Cup in Korea and in Japan. And they have exactly the same uh, the same manager, also the same coach. Uh, sino uh, Gunes, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> but um, definitely, definitely they have not only a, a beautiful set of individual skilled uh, and talented players, but they are also a very, very strong um, team. And um, they play the counter like no one. And Burak Gilmas if you let him, I mean, with any space, any space from... Uh, the middle of the field uh, up, I mean, uh, towards the 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 rival goal. I mean, it's it, it's absolutely lethal. He's lethal. So I think to me Turkey, could pull the grace 2004
0: definitely an interesting side too because aside from the 35 year old their their team is everyone is under 30 years old except for the goalkeeper everyone yeah is, so very young side but a young side that has some experience many of them uh 20 plus caps already in their young careers so i i think you're right i think this team is you know believe it or not is slightly on the more experienced side, even though they're on the very young side as well. So I think they certainly will be a team to watch. And uh, and given that they kick off against Italy to start the tournament on Friday, I think is... Uh,
1: exactly. And good. I think that Italy is also another team to look. Hmm. They are also... They don't have, like, super big stars, but they play so well. And they had an amazing record and totally unbeaten in the qualifiers. So uh, it's, it's true that they haven't faced um very uh powerful teams like top level teams but it's true i think they play amazingly well so i but also uh plays italy as a candidate maybe not the main as main candidates like france or germany or even spain but i definitely would say that we should keep an eye on on italy
0: definitely no doubt about it Cecilia and Roberto, I want to thank both of you for joining me today and helping me break down the 2020 Euros as they kick off on Friday, June 11th with Turkey Facing Italy. So for Cecilia Lagos and for Roberto Rojas, I am Joe Ucello. Thanks for listening and good night.